This week, we listen to a few clips from some recent happenings in the media and talk about the impact social justice warriors have on academia, plus where the church has failed to reach the young men of this generation. I'm John Fender, along with Gary Humble and Kevin Kukaji. This is the Freedom Matters Podcast. to all of the witnesses for being here. Uh, before, uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Metzke, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, so this right. isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, We it's, can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it <laughs> opens up trans up, people right? to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender p- uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. <laughs> so we can't talk because about because of my line of questioning. Denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that there, uh, men can get pregnant? <laughs> No, I don't think women can get <laughs> So you're pregnant. denying that trans people like this thing. And that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where <laughs> no, 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 you're no, told they're that they're at, opening up people awesome. to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot you, just know. in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Ms. <laughs> um, Matsky, let me ask you something. That's it. That's it. So. <clears throat> that is amazing. <clears throat> uh, like. You could tell, obviously, she was so set up because. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Like, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> you, you could tell that she had put that on the T where she, where she went into this. I am prepared to say that you are calling out transgenders or whatever she said. It was it was a memorized line that she had prepared in advance and was just looking for her moment to drop that into the into the process, and it was totally not. It was non-responsive to the question. She just wanted to talk about. Yeah. I thought it was... That was funny. You said that would make us upset. Well, it made me upset. (laughs) I wanted to... Yeah. I wasn't happy with her. It just... It just... Like, that's so typical of how the left approaches things. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just approach it in a not-so-narcissistic, arrogant way towards the conversation, then we could have a dialogue and we could talk about it. But you can't talk, you can't have a conversation with that. But that exposes the lie because if what they were discussing was true, mm. they could have a, a reasonable conversation. The reason they cannot have a conversation, the reason they cannot rationally debate <clears throat> is they know that what they're pushing is not reality. Excuse me. <clears throat> is not reality. Right. And that's why I don't, all, I don't know if they do know that. That's why all that is required that. is obedience mm-hmm. to the, the mantra. <laughs> Not discussion. Because I don't, I don't care. You want to go wear a dress? Dude wants to wear a dress? Fine. Go wear a dress. I don't, I, like, I don't care. But you want to claim to me 
that you can get pregnant as a man. <laughs> it's just biologically not possible. Yeah. And so but let's sit down and have a conversation about that on a scientific biological level, like a real world common sense level. Great. Let's talk about it. But you can't talk about it right. with someone who's acting like that. But is it okay that we that I don't care? Don't care about what? Well, the problem with, with like, thank God we're past it, Pride Month is that my issue with all of it is they want to make me care, right? That's my problem. Eric Erickson, his book. I don't They care. will make you care. Mm-hmm. They, but they want to make me care. And they never, they always pretended. Make they, you, but, but, what, but make you care about what? Do what you want to do. Like, call yourself what you want to call yourself. I just, I don't care. I don't, and I don't want to care about it. And I don't want to be made to care about it. She won't. Now, I'm not saying that we need to redefine society's rules. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if if a, if a dude wants to wear a dress, wear a dress, man. I don't. I like. I don't care. <clears throat> I, I don't. I don't want to have to care about it. I just want. I want to be able to ignore you. I want the right to ignore you and to think you're a freak. And that's the point. <laughs> you're not allowed. You're not allowed to ignore them. That's what bothers them the most. If you say, "Okay, go wear whatever you want to wear." right? Be whatever you think you are pretending to be. But that's never been the goal. That was only the the pathway to get everybody to say, oh, okay, let them into the conversation. Once they got in the door and got in power, now it's, no, you must recognize this false reality over here in order for you to enjoy the privileges in society, mm-hmm. right? It's, and this is what they do to corporations. It's funny you say that because I just listened to an episode of Ben Shapiro's show, where he talks about the same exact thing. He's actually putting it in context of, of higher learning, of colleges mm-hmm. and university systems. And originally, university systems were created to actually, like, come up with things and to think and to actually do the role of teaching knowledge. Right. And then in the 60s, they turned into, like, freak factories where they just started publishing garbly gook nonsense about stuff that's not even coherent and real that's the example he was given is that they were allowed to come in the door, but once they were in the door, it's like, if you do it, if you disagree with us, then you're hateful, you're transphobic, you're racist, you're whatever, go down the list if you don't agree. And so that's, that's how the, it's used against you is. Right. And so the, the lie is that it has anything to do with equality. Again, equality was only the pathway to get here, but now it is, you must recognize the superiority of their position. Mm. And the way they exercise that, again, is by depriving ordinary citizens or anyone who would agree with them from the normal privileges of society, right? You'll be banned. You'll be canceled. Your uh, money, if it's federal or state or or any way connected to the government, will be deprived if you're an institution, for example. And then they do it through the corporate governance ESG, right? I, and they, I was literally about to say this is where the ESG scores come in. Yeah, yeah. the ESG scores, What's which we ESG can get score? into. Get in, go ahead, Gary. And, and environmental, social, <laughs> and governance, mm-hmm. right? And That sounds terrifying. <laughs> and what's interesting, I was, I was searching. I had no idea until about six months ago how prevalent it was becoming and how, um, how public – Banks and institutions were being that they were, in fact, implementing ESG. For a while, I thought an ESG score was like another one of those conspiracy things that you only see on alternative news channels. But I'm, I'm seeing that 
no, actually the banking institutions are starting to talk about it. And and last week I was researching something. And do you, have you ever looked at a, like your Dunn's number, Dun, Dunn's yeah. and Bradstreet, yeah. you know, your corporate? So they have an ESG score now. On corporations. Yes. Uh, so basically what they do is they, and I'm not sure how the algorithms work, they're still working on it. But they look at your your person, and then they they look at corporations, and they look at banks, and they're ranking everybody on ESG. And so it's how how are you in terms of how would you define the environment part of the score, Kevin? Like, oh, gosh, well, you have to be you have how to green you have you to are. believe that yeah. oil, oil is bad, right? Yes, and, all the things and electricity that. Wait, wait, wait. Now, <laughs> wait, hang on, comes... hang on. Is that actually a prerequisite? You have to believe oil is bad. Yeah, this is all about that's written down somewhere. Like you have to claim that oil is bad. I've paraphrased the way it's it's stated, but that is the goal. Yeah. Okay. This is this is why states, for example, have pulled all their money from fossil fuel companies. Traditional companies, the you can't get money if your company is either drilling of oil, refining of oil, if you're anyway invested in the oil industry. You can't get money because states are telling. Uh, investment funds, not even state-owned investment funds, but states are telling investment funds, we won't support or or certify or um, or even be involved with as far as any of the state money that becomes part of that fund. We won't invest in that if you invest in oil and gas. Be- because hmm. your ESG score is too low. Yeah. And the E part of your score, if you haven't proven that you are concerned about the climate and you care about preserving the environment, which is all the green things, then the E part of your ESG score will be low. The S part is how active you are in all of the social justice things. And the G part is your is the governance of your organization, which means that to have a high governance score, you need to show that you have employed diversity, equity, and inclusion tactics in your board representation, in your, you know, employment, you know, uh, it's so all of all of the things in terms of diversity, in terms of caring about the climate and caring about all of the BLM, social justice, trans, the, the clip we just heard, these all play in now to this ESG score. And having a low, just like a low credit score would shut you out of credit opportunities as a, as a business, as a company, uh, if you were publicly traded or whatever, a low ESG score may lower your opportunities for gaining uh, investment from venture capitalists who are only going to invest in companies with higher ESG scores, uh, oh. et cetera, et is cetera. Anybody pay, I mean, is anybody paying attention to those or using those Absolutely. against people? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, 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 we're it's in the beginning the stages. Yeah. And to give you a little bit more specific definition, since we've been kind of beating around the bush. <clears> so um, Senator Hawley right now has a very low ESG <laughs> He would definitely have a low. For as, example. As would we. The Freedom Matters podcast <laughs> yes, we has are, a very low right. ESG. I think we have a negative ESG score, actually. <laughs> um, the environmental criteria, reading from a website, uh, considers how a company safeguards the environment, including corporate policies addressing climate change, for example. Social criteria examines how it manages relationships with employees, suppliers, customers, and communities where it operates. What they don't say is that you have to be LGBTQ, mm-hmm. not just sensitive, but priorities, right, according to that. And then governance deals with a company's leadership. Executive pay, you see where that's going, 
um, audits, internal controls, and shareholder rights. During Pride Month, the more gay you are able to make your logo, the higher S score you'll have on your DS. I just think, like, if I were a part of that community, how, I would actually be more offended if all you did was just for 30 days, you changed your logo, and then you went right back <clears throat> to, like, nothing else. All you else. did was patronize me for a month. Yeah, and yeah. then you just went right back to whatever. But that's what the whole... <laughs> Yeah, it's the shakedown, though. This is what happens. It's it's official shakedown. I'm coming for your money unless you do X, Y, Z. They have never had—the the irony is the pride community has never had actual pride in who they are. It's always been by force and by power and by manipulation rather than we'll give you the opportunities based upon your own— your own skill set, right? Your own contributions, what you actually do for society. No, no, no. This is a top-down. We're going to scare the hell out of you. If you don't do this, you're going to lose all your money. You're going to lose privileges. You're going to be uh, fined by the government, et cetera. And everybody's like, ooh, okay. The corporations all kowtow to that. Which is uh, apparently this Berkeley professor in that clip, she's written a book specifically on how evil and how the how evil the meritocracy is and how it should not even exist so so what is her proposal what should exist like how did she get her job i haven't read her book i don't know um yeah i don't think i plan on reading her book either but it really turns upside down and on its head doesn't it what martin luther king said that we're not to be judged by the color of our skin but by the content of her character it's complete opposite yeah and everything we see today is Color of your skin, mm-hmm. nature of your sexual relationships, you know, body parts and things like that has nothing to do with your character. No one cares about your character. Yeah. I guess that would be her alternative. Is that you're judged, uh, you're judged maybe, by all that. Maybe, again, we, I don't even want to read her book. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. You want to talk about Jordan Peterson? Yeah, okay. So this is specifically geared towards churches and how to reach out to young men. Mm-hmm. Essentially... Yeah. Taking care of our young men to save our society, basically. That's how men, I took it. Men who have been castigated, castrated, and otherwise pushed to the curb because they're, you know, because because he starts it all off with this with this dialogue about or this monologue about men are impugned simply by doing men things and like boys playing yeah. You know, playing with swords and guns and playing football and being to- toxic masculinity. Being yeah. rough and yeah. he was yeah. like, which is important for girls too, but a lot more so for boys. Yeah. Anyway, that's the context. Invite the young men back. Say literally to those young men, you are welcome here. If no one else wants what you have to offer, we do. We want to call you to the highest purpose of your life. We want your time and energy and effort and your will and your goodwill. We want to work with you to make things better, to produce life more abundant for you and for your wife and children and for your community and your country and the world. And we have our problems in the Christian church. We are more abundant, sometimes far too often corrupt and sometimes deeply so. We are outdated as are all institutions with their roots in the dead but still often wise past. So join us. We'll help fix you up, and you can help fix us up. And together, we'll aim up. And here's a message to those young men skeptical about such things. What else do you have? 
You can abandon the churches in your cynicism and disbelief. You can say to yourself, narcissistically and solipsistically, the church does not express what I believe properly. Who cares what you believe? Why is this about you? Do you even want it to be about you? What if it was about others? What if it was about your duty to the past and to the broader community that surrounds you in the present? What if it was incumbent upon you and vital to your health and willingness even to live to rescue your dead father from the belly of the beast where he has always resided and to restore him to life? Once again, to the churches, Protestant, you're the worst at the moment, Catholic, Orthodox. Invite young men, put up a billboard, say, young men are welcome here. Print some flyers and put them in a box by the billboard. Signal the existence of those flyers with an arrow with the words, more information about attending here. Tell those who have never been in a church exactly what to do, how to dress, when to show up, who to contact, and most importantly, what they can do. Ask more, not less, of those you are inviting. Ask more of them than anyone ever has. Remind them who they are in the deepest sense and help them become that. Your churches, for God's sake, quit fighting for social justice. Quit saving the bloody planet. Attend to some souls. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your holy duty. Do it now before it's too late. And the hour is nigh. Yeah, it's <clears throat> powerful. It is. Gosh, I, I love, there's so many great points there. Um, you know, this is what Islam has been doing for many years. They have appealed to men, and this is why wow, the movement has grown worldwide, because all of the rest of the world has sissified men. The West has generally sissified men, um, which is stunning because the West— Western civilization was where manhood came, right? This is this is the origin of it. And yet in that vacuum, um, especially over the past couple hundred years, Islam and the Muslim Brotherhood have filled that vacuum, right? Filled that void with that manhood um, push. Now, they have a false I, view I, of the I, world. That's where I was going to go next. It's like, well, yeah, but... <laughs> I know, but but my point is... That's why the church the church has abdicated its responsibility, and it has left that vacuum to mm -hmm. other ideas. To give purpose to young men yeah. who are driven to make a difference. Yeah. yeah, and so now you have men that aren't sissified. They've got the wrong purpose. This was always the church's venue. This was always the church's arena, and the church abandoned it, and it's been filled with a bunch of other crap. And that's why his call is so powerful. It's plain and simple. It's the call for men to be men, and I think there's a great opportunity for it because men have been so emasculated. And I, I love how he criticizes, because we've done it so much, churches, get the heck out of being social justice warriors, stop worrying about the damn climate, which yeah. you can't control anyway, right? 
and be what you're to be about, which is the souls of the believers, right? Yeah, go figure. Um, so yeah, it's stunning and and excellent. Gary's got something. <laughs> Am I the only one that's going to comment on it? Come on. I already commented. No, I, I brought it up. I, I thought, I've never really thought about that before. Maybe I have, but uh, the point you made. You've got boys. Yeah, Surely three. you've got, you, you can. You well, of can course. Bring I mean, he was going somewhere and you interrupted his stuff. Sorry, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, my boys are three, nine, and ten. And um, I think about that a lot. My My responsibility as a father, which is... Is terrifying to me, you know, in a in a in a holy way that responsibility to instill purpose into them, and I think that the church has shirked that duty for so long. But I have I've never really thought about though how successful. You're so right. How successful Islam has been across the world at, at recruiting and instilling this passion in young men, and it goes to show. Look, young men. They are going to be driven, and they they have a deep-seated, mm-hmm. natural, God-given need to do something, to change something, to uh, uh, attack something, to fix something, you know. Yeah, to and be men. To be men, right. <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 what, that's who we are. And Islam has been uh, brilliant at capturing the base of who a man is and driving it towards their own purposes. Uh, and I think Jordan Peterson's just nailing it on the head. How how successful could we be at restoring godliness and restoring the foundations of America if the church woke up and realized that it has a God-ordained duty mm-hmm. uh, to direct the passions of young men towards reconciling the world to Christ, towards defending those who are innocent and in need uh, of saving God, mm-hmm. all, all the things, right, yeah. that, that that we go to war for, that men sign up, you know, to be part of our military. Um, yeah, and I think it's what this conversation reveals is that it is not like man—the the left believes that they can transform men, whether it's by surgery, whether it's by— education, indoctrination, right? But the reality is all you're doing is you're pushing down here. Manhood's going to come out somewhere else. Mm. And for many recent years, it's been coming out in very bad areas, right? We talk about Islam in particular, but other areas. And then you go to crime in general, right? This is where manhood goes when you push down and pretend manhood isn't there. But when the church comes at it and says, no, this is the proper way to be a man. We recognize that you are made in God's image to be this way. Now let's refine and reform that according to the patterns of Scripture, not according to the patterns of the world. There is. There's a huge opportunity for us to reclaim this. It's not going to be easy, and it's not going to come overnight. But again, it's come about because we've abandoned it, and we've believed that oh, it's just going to be filled with more femininity. It, it's not. It's going to come out in other ways. You know what, too, though, that made me think, as you were speaking, you know why the left is going to lose in its attempt to steal young men and destroy manhood? I'll tell you why they're going to lose. Because the truth is never going to not be the mm-hmm. truth. Every time, no matter how hard they try, and no matter how much they sexualize and transition culture, The problem for the left is every time a man is born, he's going to be a man, Mm -hmm. which means they're never going to have to stop 
working. They're never going to have to stop lying. They're never going to have to stop putting all of the facilities in place that take what is, in essence, a man to make them something else. Right. Their whole effort. <laughs> it's, it's like God's rebuke. Every time a child is born, that's God's rebuke. That's right. On, on the left, because that child is either born male or female. That's right. Well, and so the left that, immediately has to go back to, oh my gosh, now we've got to change this person. Well, now we've got to change that person. That's what they're doing. Like, you claim they'll, they'll never win because the truth will always be the truth. That's what they know as well. So now they're trying to change what the truth is. Oh, right. but they can, they can try. No, they'll I never know, succeed. I 100% agree. But that, like, to your point, Kevin, every time a, a, a boy is born, they don't believe a boy is born. They believe a child is born but then that child has to decide what they are later. Correct. So they're cha- they're changing what they quote unquote call truth, but all they're changing is <clears throat> definitions. They're not changing reality. Oh no, I I agree with that. And so they're limited. And uh, they, my they point can... was that they they know the same thing, mm-hmm. which is why they have to change the truth. And all they can do change the definition of truth. Sorry, <laughs> change the definition of truth. Yeah, because they can't. It reality is unalterable, and that's why they work so hard to change all the superficial elements, right? They try to change change hormones and the physicality, right? Have a surgery and put male parts on a female and put female parts on a male, but they can't change the unalterable reality that that child, XX, right? If it's a woman, XY, if it's a male, they can never change that. And the fact that it does require a male and a female in order for a child to be born. Yeah. And it's, every child that is born, a child does not come out anything other than male or female. So every time I restate, every time a child is born, it is a rebuke to the left, and they go on this endless campaign to try to change what is unalterable. It's like the subservient hacks in the Tennessee legislature. No matter. All right, we brought it around. <laughs> it is. That's a great. All right, let's bring it home. <laughs> brought it back to those good people. <laughs> no matter how hard. They try to convince me and you and all of us that it is the conservative and right thing to do to allow an employer to lord mm. their power over you, to make you do whatever it is they want you to do to steal your God-given individual mm-hmm. constitutionally secured rights. No matter how hard they try to make that true, it will never be true. They are wrong. And... uh Boy, did I just rabbit trail, but my point is, <laughs> my point is... They is, can't change reality. They cannot change reality, and, and I, I, I believe that on these points we are fighting so hard for in Tennessee, we not only must win, but we will win because we have to win because it's the truth, and the truth will win. And the truth will set you free. Hmm. Notice, by the way, they have to change the definitions, right? Conservative has lost all of its principal meaning. I mean, today, conservative comes out of the mouth of so many people that I would never consider conservative. They keep amending the language, just like they do with sex, male and female. That that definition has changed. But it is kind of... Now, they do a lot of destruction, obviously, and we have to live under that destruction. I'm not making light of the fact that while we're living through this, this is bad. It's Mm -hmm. not fun. But the reality is... (laughs) I love the fact that they have to work so hard because they are fighting against reality. And you can't change reality. All you can do is 
exhaust yourself trying to pretend it's something other mm-hmm. than it is. Yep. Now, I'm not going to add a third name to our list by inviting Jordan Peterson to the podcast because, quite frankly, I Dude, mean, that's, I, I don't that's know. not just low-hanging fruit. That or high, That is like impossible, whatever you want to call it. And, and truthfully, only Kevin is almost smart enough to oh, even come on, talk please, with Jordan please, I would have to. I would have to be Googling the whole time we're talking with him. I'm like, well, he just, what word is that? What does that mean? Yeah, that that would be impossible. He I'd, gave. He gave, by the way, he did the commencement address this year at Hillsdale. Yeah. And you guys know that. Uh, my oldest three were Hillsdale grads. He was fantastic. Yeah. And funny, too. And and weepy at the end. He was very emotional and sincere. Um, very well, touching. Well, that's only because he had to go back to Canada <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> that was I'm funny, kidding. John. I'm, I'm half kidding. Yeah, so we've, got, so, we, so we've got Joe Rogan invitation. We've got Matt Walsh, the geographically low-hanging, low-hanging fruit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now we've got Jordan Peterson, who... How would we describe him? Like, make our dreams come true. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets a a theme song, right? Uh, Hall and Oates, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Great, guys. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Matters podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee Stands, visit TennesseeStands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. And remember, as revolutionary Thomas Paine once stated, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. <laughs>